1: Welcome back to Game of Opinions. Now, today is obviously all about dissecting the Champions League final. It's Ben Snowball back in the hot seat, and we've got a conveyor belt of Eurosport talent on the show. First up is Flo Bogner of the victorious Eurosport Germany. How are you doing, Flo? I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thanks. Uh, Next is Cyril Moran of the defeated Eurosport France. How are you holding up?
2: I'm fine. I'm fine. No problem for me. No tears? No, not at all.
1: And we've also got last week's sensational stand-in host, Pete of the mighty Eurosport UK. All good, Peter?
3: Yeah, all good. I've been
1: relegated again, I see. Um, so as you're all probably aware, Bayern Munich are celebrating their first Champions League title since 2013. And it's partly down to the heroics of one man, Hansi Flick. When he got promoted from number two to number one, Bayern had just lost 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt under Nico Kovac. Few could have predicted the upturn in form since. Flick is now averaging a trophy every 12 games, writing his name into Bayern folklore. So a bit of a weird one to start off with. Um, is it A, Niko Kovac is the worst football manager in history? B, Hansi Flick is the greatest manager in football history? Or C, somewhere in the middle? And if you go C, I want you to elaborate. Flo, we'll start with you as the, uh, the Bayern man.
4: I would go with D, none, none of both. Um, <laughs> um, I think Niko Kovac is not the, the, the worst. Uh, and Hansi Flick definitely is not the best. But it's it's really amazing how a how guy in 36 games can contradict uh, the guy before him, can match uh, the heroics of Yopankus from 2013 and complete all the things Pep Guardiola wanted to do with this Bayern squad. And with the same style of play, with the same aggressive forward pressing style, to win the Champions League, and this is just just a miracle and amazing what what Hansi Flick achieved in just 36 games. And the most amazing part, I think, yeah, we had Corona, yeah, we had this long break, yeah, we had the tournament at the end. But if you look at what was in place uh, in February when Bayern Munich won three 0 at Chelsea. This could have been easily the same if everything was back to normal. So it was a well-deserved win for Bayern Munich and Hansi Flick gets all the praises,
2: of course.
1: So, Real or Pete, what have you made as well of, of Bayern from the UK and French
2: perspectives? Well, it was uh, quite uh, impressive to see this uh, Bayern uh, fell down and come back uh, stronger than ever. Uh, in France, we made a lot of uh, comparison between uh, 2013 when they won, when they won uh, everything with uh, e. uh Now it looks like they started a new chapter uh, with Davis uh, with now uh, Leroy Sané will join uh, Bayern. So maybe it's just the beginning.
3: I saw sort of from a UK perspective that Guardiola watched this and learned something because I think obviously after they lost to Leon, the big talking point was how he managed to massively overcomplicate things and he was doing that a lot of buying as well. The thing is, is that once you get to a certain level of football I think the players are there because they're the very best in the world. You don't need to give them too much information. I'm very wary of when ex-players tell managers to really simplify things, but I think you can definitely overcomplicate them. And Flicks obviously just managed to get this team happy, which is the most important thing, and given them more freedom to sort of play the way they want to play rather than trying to fit within a rigid tactical structure. I think Guardiola sort of calmed himself a little bit more. It might have been a different team in the final rather than PSG, but for Bayern themselves, I think... As Cyril says, I think you sort of look at it in some ways, there's a lot of players there who are sort of on their way out, maybe they're into their thirties now, players like Neuer and even Lewandowski's now into his thirties. But actually they're so they're such a well-run club, they buy so intelligently that they're set
1: up to dominate both Germany and Europe
3: for the next five or six years, or looking at the
1: face of it. Flo, you mentioned that and Pete just touched on it there, that he did what Pep couldn't. I just want you to elaborate and and kind of if you can remember Kind of Guardiola at Bayern and why it didn't work out for him, and then why Flickers managed to have the success. Well, at some points,
4: Pep Guardiola simply over over overcomplicated it as as Pete said when they lost against Real Madrid and when they lost against Atletico. He he said it was his fault. Um, He made tactical mistakes. He he chose the wrong players. And in between, they lost against Barcelona, which was a little bit unlucky and. There were some injuries in all the three years. There were some other circumstances. But below everything, um, Pep Guardiola just didn't make the job. He was there to do. And maybe they had even a better team than Bayern has now. But, well, in the end, Hansi Flick was... There was a lot of talk before the game. Should he change the the defense? Should he bring in Benjamin Pavard? Should he bring in Kimmich in central midfield? And he just didn't care. He just said, well, let's run like like we always do. Let's let's fight for the ball on, on very high high up the pitch, and let's do what we're best. And um, let's see if it's enough to beat Paris. And um, that is a really clever way to to put it because in the end, when they would have lost it, he would have had a, a nice argument to tell, "Well, we did everything what we did do b- before, and it didn't came out the right way at the end. But it's not my fault." But if he would have changed something and they would have not not won it, then um, it would be falling back on him, and that's like every punch in the face Pep Guardiola gets every every now and then when when he loses these games, like against Lyon.
1: So, real, I can see you nodding. I just wonder if you want to pipe in.
2: Yeah, um, the thing is, uh, with Tuchel and Flick, uh, the two main uh, coach uh, in this final, they didn't uh, overcomplexing uh, the the things, and they tried to put their best player on the best. Um, um state of mind. Um what Tuchel made was put Neymar and Mbappé in the best um yeah surrounding team and uh to, to put them in the best condition. This is what uh Guardiola couldn't do and Guardiola maybe um didn't uh think enough about uh putting his best player but he thought too too much about uh the tactics and uh the way of playing Whereas this uh, Champions League showed how big, big, big individualities are the the strongest thing in this uh, modern football.
3: I was going to say, I think it's interesting that when he was coming through as a younger manager, and especially at Dortmund, I think sometimes Tuchel got the reputation for being a bit of a control freak and a bit of like obsessive about his tactics and stuff. And I think it's really interesting. A lot of the times the commentary was talking last night in the UK about how he's worked to get players like Neymar and Mbappe working more for the team but actually I think it's a two-way street I think the PSG squad have managed to get him to relax a little bit more he seems a lot more calm and he seems to be willing to listen to his players more rather than just controlling everything which is what he was doing when he was younger and I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't work out for him so well at Dortmund so I think if obviously PSG lost and we'll go into them a little
1: bit more in a bit but I think they should still be positive going forward
4: yeah that's the angle from Germany as well he's 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 grown up a lot as a as a coach
1: all right, well, we've mentioned PSG, so let's just dive straight into them. Now, swirling around the British press, and I would guess the whole of the European press, are claims that PSG's megastars, uh, mainly Kylian Mbappe and Neymar, faltered on the big occasion. Now, there are two arguments to be made here of very different sides. So, I want to know what you, which side of the fence you guys sit on. Argument number one is that it is, it's not their fault. Um, if League had continued, it's unlikely Mbappe would have got injured before the tournament. Everyone would have been match fit and Neymar and Mbappe would have been in better form. Um, argument number two, it is their fault that they cost 400 million euros. Um, they didn't score a single goal between them in the final eight. Big players should produce in big moments, regardless of the context. Now, I'm leaning towards argument one, uh, that if you're going to topple this Bayern Munich side, then you needed to have a fair chance to get up to speed. But I'm prepared to let you all disagree um, and rip into PSG's big stars if you want.
2: Uh, of course, they um, didn't do what they, what PSG expected to do in this final. Uh, they lost the game on their own. I mean, um, if Mbappé uh, had scored uh, in the first half, of course, the game uh, would have been very, very different. But you can't put all the blame on, the, on them because PSG is in final thanks to Neymar and Mbappé. They made a very, very good final eight. And uh, for Neymar, mostly... He changed his mind and he, he was a leader of this team where was uh, since 2017 he uh, was always a debate it was always debated bent on him so yes this final is for them because we expect great players to score on this kind of game but PSG wouldn't have been there without them
4: yeah definitely <laughs> but if you see the run name I had from from the from the games before, he was on his way to be the finals tournament MVP, but he, he definitely wasn't there yesterday. So in the end, Bayern had a really good approach to take him out of the game, like they did with Messi uh, against Barcelona. So they they had a lot of focus on him, and there was a little bit more room for for Mbappe. You saw a lot of. Uh, Balls coming crossed um, to to Mbappe to to get him running and to get behind the back of Kimmich. and he had two or three very good situations. Um, he he must score in the in the 45 minute when he's just rolling the, ba- the ball back to to Neuer. So in the end, you can say they failed, but given the the injury of Mbappe and given the, the the class of Bayern against Neymar, I I wouldn't say they failed on big terms.
2: They also failed because Neuer won. Uh, That's what uh, we say in France uh, today because Neuer managed to uh, eat their brain uh, and to uh, enter their mind and to make them uh, doubt about their capacities.
4: Yeah, even in the 90th minutes when Mbappé was clearly offside, like everybody noticed at this point, Neuer wouldn't be beaten this this day. They could play on for two more hours and they wouldn't score against him. Such a symbol.
3: Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think... Both Neymar and Mbappe got a lot of praise, I think, last night for the way they were working. And there was that little period where Neymar was doing like three or four runs in a row, trying to close down the gaps between the Bayern defenders, which is great. And like that's great; he's good. But what I would say is that Müller was doing that for ninety minutes. Lewandowski was doing that for ninety minutes. Like we shouldn't praise those two because they were doing it for like ten or fifteen minutes. And for the goal. Coman shouldn't be in so much space. The reason why he was is because none of Di Maria, Neymar and Mbappe tracked back to help out. Kara was completely overloaded on that side. Bayern saw that and exploited it. If, would that happen with Bayern? I don't think so, because I think either their wingers or one of their strikers will be back helping out. That's just that's a team. And PSG are getting there, but they're not there as a team. Also, the other thing I want to say is quickly to our Cyril, because you've watched PSG a lot more than I have recently – is mbappe fully fit and has he lost a step since his injury because he doesn't look as quick as he did before
2: um that's a good question for mbappe uh, I think he was but uh, he wasn't at this uh, at his zenith at it, uh, like normally he made much more differences uh, with his runs with his skills um, so no mbappe wasn't uh, at uh, the top, but he was able to play a very, very competitive game. You have to remember that uh, he finished the World Cup with an injury and he scored in the final. So there's no excuse there. And I'm not sure I'm quite agree with you, Pete. Yes, of course, there's still a gap between Bayern and PSG as a team. But uh, in France, that's what we say, PSG finally became a team during this Final Eight. Uh, Finally, um, didn't expect too much from Neymar and Mbappé. Of course, they are the, the the soul of this team, but uh, they manage finally, uh, I should say, to become part of a team, whereas just a star of a team.
3: Yeah, that's true. I think they're getting there. They're not there yet, but they're, they're moving in the right direction. I think with Mbappé, I'm starting to get slight Sergio Aguero vibes about him. I think he's going to always be that sort of player who will pick up his little niggles and be out for three or four weeks. It's just the way he plays and Aguero is obviously still one of the best strikers in the world but he's not the same explosive player that he was when he was in his 20s and I I worry that's already starting to happen to Mbappe so I think it'd be interesting to see I think next season how PSG manages workload like, because I think they can't keep expecting him to play 35 league games or more and then another like 10 or 15 in the cups and stuff so I think they've got to start managing him better because he's just so valuable
4: to them. And especially when the league is already on the, on the, on the way in, in France and they yeah, have exactly, to play yeah. on, on Sunday, the first league game. So yeah. they started this season basically with the Champions League and with the big blow. So let's see how this turns out. But another perspective is if you see this PSG in a in a, in a bigger picture, is like, will they be a really a, a top four team for the next few seasons, like four or three, three or four or five years? But you always have to say, Is Neymar maybe going back to Barcelona if Messi is gone there? And when will Mbappé join Real Madrid? So is there really room for legacy for this team? Or is it just a coincidence right now that they were there, but they didn't win it? Um, I see the bigger legacy as Bayern Munich.
2: Yeah, I agree. The chance for Paris Saint-Germain is uh, the the COVID and the coronavirus crisis because no team in this uh, market can uh, buy... Uh, Mbappé or Neymar. So they will have another shot uh, next year uh, with Mbappé, with Neymar. And yeah, maybe in 2021, it would be uh, different uh, music with uh, Mbappé at uh, Madrid, but they will have another shot next season.
1: Surreal. If, if PSG do win the Champions League next season, it looks like they're going to keep their team intact. As you said, no one can buy Neymar, no one can buy Mbappé this summer. Would you foresee a scenario where those guys don't move to Spain or is it just an inevitability regardless?
2: Well, uh, it's complicated. Today, um, Paris uh, is trying to get Neymar longer. I mean, they are trying to make him a new contract because I think PSG knows that Mbappé can't stay at PSG for too long. Uh, His history seems to um, lead him to Madrid. It's like a sense of history. Neymar might stay longer because, as I said, there are very, very few teams who can uh, afford Neymar right now. Maybe um, they will have to make a very, very good transfer market because, as we said, there was like Marquinhos was playing uh, at the midfield, whereas he's a defender. Uh, Kerrer played as a right uh, wing, whereas he's uh, he's a central defender. So it was like uh, Tuchelde Try to hide that this uh, team is isn't built on a solid background, so they will have to make uh, adjustment in this market.
1: Okay, we've t- well we've touched on PSG, we touched on Bayern quite well. Let's look at it more of an overall perspective then. Now, quite obvious that Real Madrid and Barcelona have regressed alarmingly. The Premier League sides have flattered to deceive this season, as have Juventus. So. At least for the next season or two, are we looking at Europe's new rivalry here? Or do you think there's going to be another team, a Manchester City, finally get it right under Guardiola, a Real Madrid? Or, I mean, I'm probably looking more used to Real here to call this one because I think Bayern are here to stay.
2: Yeah, looks like this way. Uh, I would say that maybe uh, the, the English uh, champion might uh, get back. I mean, uh, Liverpool also can't be uh, avoided in this uh, discussion because uh, it is still one of the best teams in Europe. Let's see uh, also if uh, the um, returning of the traditional format of uh, Champions League might change something. We know that, for example, PSG uh, was very, very bad uh, in the two-round games. So this uh, Final Eight uh, maybe helped them to overcome this complex, but it might come back uh, next year. I think we have a more open field right now, isn't it? Like, it's
4: not Real Madrid above all and then everybody else is a contender, but really win. The perspective of winning the whole thing is for for like three or four teams, as it was. But right now, I can see eight, nine, ten teams winning the Champions League, including like RB Leipzig or Borussia Dortmund if they put everything together. And easily PSG could win it. One or two teams from Italy, three or four teams from England, two teams from Spain as always. So... I think it could be an exciting, uh, could be some exciting upcoming years without a clear one club above everybody else. So let's see, because I, I don't see Bayern being like unbeatable
2: for, for, for many years. That, that's not the case. Definitely not. So we'll see. It might be, yeah, it might be the end of uh, Messi Ronaldo uh, supremacy it. on this uh, Champions League. So now we will talk more about team than individualities.
3: If you're going to have players like Messi and Ronaldo now, they have to do the work. Like, I think you saw that in both of their games. Like, it's a bit of the Neymar thing as well. Like, it doesn't matter who you are now. If you're playing with 10 against 11 in terms of work rate, you're just going to lose. It doesn't like players are so fit now that that, that athletic difference will be exploited by any team now. And I think obviously Bayern were brilliant against Barca, but I think you could already see it against Napoli a little bit. Like, they were finding gaps. Barca was just a bit too good. If it goes to single leg next year again, I think you could see like a, a team from outside the established elite win it for sure.
1: Pete, just quickly on the Premier League teams, why did they falter this time around? Obviously, Manchester City were the only team in the final eight. Chelsea were basically out before the second leg four months later or whatever it was.
3: Um, it's, a, it's a variety of reasons. Um, you can probably say all of them had varying degrees of tactical naivety, um, especially City, as we've touched on already. Liverpool were a little bit unlucky, I think, because it i um, think Co. were brilliant, it was a very lucky performance in the sense that they relied on the woodwork and Jan O'Black quite a lot. Um, And Simeone can't pull that off every year. I've played that game 10 other times. Liverpool will win in a seven or eight of those. Chelsea aren't ready. They're not there yet. Um, Will they be there next year with Ziyech, Werner, maybe Kavertz and Chilwell? Potentially, yeah, they might push a little bit harder. Lampard's shown quite a lot. Obviously, this year Spurs were a bit of a shambles. United will be interesting next year. Depends on who they sign. I don't think they'll get Sancho now, so they might be a step away. I think ultimately... A lot of the Premier League teams, they're just turning up into the Champions League and obviously Liverpool did win it two years ago. But I think they just sort of expect too much and they're way too cocky and arrogant when they turn up and I think they sort of look at teams like PSG and even Bayern and they sort of think, oh, well, it's Bundesliga, Liga, and like it's not as good as the Premier League, so obviously we're going to win. It's like, Well, that's not necessarily the case. And also, in terms of the top five leagues, I I would say that the Premier League is the worst when it comes to defending. That shows when we come into Europe because our defences get massively exposed. They're not prepared to face teams with intelligent movement and players who can unlock you that easily because it doesn't. The Premier League doesn't happen. We talk about the Premier League as like our best league in the world, but that's obviously rubbish. Like it's just the fastest and the most exciting. It's not necessarily the best. Like Spain and Germany can both claim that title more. I think in terms of the level of football that's being played. So I think unless the Premier League sort of wakes up a bit to its own mortality, it's going to get caught out again and again.
1: Cyril's looking unhappy at you, not missing
2: out Liga and just Spain <laughs> <staying> and Germany. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Liga is not uh, the level of uh, Bundesliga, Premier League and, uh, and Liga, of course, and Serie A.
4: But if you see like this this tournament, the big letdown was Man City, wasn't it? Because they should have yeah. beaten Lyon. Sorry, Cyril, but uh, they should have. And Then it, it would be a very open game against Bayern Munich with, with a lot of dynamics going on with all the heritage of, of Pep Guardiola at Bayern. So they, they could have gone to the final as well, but, but it just didn't make it. And another approach, uh, did you notice that like Liverpool lost against Atletico, which lost against Leipzig, which lost against PG, which lost against Bayern? So <laughs> Liverpool was, def- was, was the worst team of this <laughs> last phase of, of the tournament. Uh, but joking aside, I, I can see Liverpool being, being back up on top next year. Easily, of course.
1: You've just hinted at Liverpool being back on top. Um, I'm going to put you all on the spot uh, for a quick fire prediction round uh, to finish today's show. Uh, So, very simple question Who will win the 2020 2021 Champions League? Pete, I'll start with you. Yes. Um,
3: Yeah, I'm going to work on the assumption that it is single leg just to make it work in terms of calendar. And if it is single leg, I'm going to go outside the box and say Borussia Dortmund. I think keeping Sancho is a massive plus for them. And I think. Those young players are going to get a little bit better, and I don't see why they can't do go a
1: little bit further than they went last year. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow! Both. Flo, who are you going for? You look like you've just blown up with excitement from Pete's comments there. Oh, really? It's like, yeah. On, on a, in a, in a
4: perfect world, they could definitely do it, but they can also lose again. It's a very crappy team. I don't know if I'm going with that, Pete, but but nice try. So I would say um, Manchester City because of karma. I don't know. Um, we need, I, I think, one of the big, big spenders has, has to get it at some point and maybe it's the next season and maybe Pep Guardiola will put it all together and, I don't know, will be uh, kept from his team for two days before the, the biggest get- game just to
2: not overcomplicate everything. So I would go with Man City. and surreal. I would pick another English team. I would pick Liverpool because this season for them was all about the Premier League and all about winning again this league with maybe Thiago Alcantara in the team. I can't see why they would be less better. And for me, yeah, they still have one of the best team in Europe, maybe the best one. It was an accident again, Atletico, but they have uh, all the spirits and all the um, weapons to win again uh, this Champions League
1: okay I'm going to be the only sensible one and say Bayern Munich will win the uh, next year's Champions League um, for obvious reasons that concludes it thanks very much to Flo Bogner. thank you
4: guys always a pleasure
1: Real Moran
2: thank you guys always a pleasure too
1: and Pete Charland thank you very much it's been great and of course you at home remember you can subscribe to Game of Opinions as I said we will be back shortly and stay abreast of the Eurosport website for all the news you want